just got jump right some things up there. Listen, old black bar has got a book. It's called Wrestle. It's got some dead gum good stories in there about some dead gum good wrestlers. Read stories of Dusty Rhodes, the Von Erichs, Scott Casey, Sergeant Slaughter, Roddy Piper, Mr. Fuji, Ron Bass, Bruiser Brody, Mike Davis, the Grappler, and many others. And I guarantee you one thing that it'll be the best dead gum read you've had in a long, long time. Get your book today at Russellville.com or on Amazon. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives. This is Superior Tony Evans, and if you're talking right now, you need to hush because you're listening to the Russellville Podcast. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest this episode is Tony Evans. Professional wrestler of eight years, currently wrestling for Ohio Valley Wrestling and the former country brewing Kentucky country. So I'm going to cut you off there. It's Superior Tony Evans, uh, current former country boy brewing Kentucky heavyweight champion for Ohio Valley Wrestling. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I, I hope I hope in this interview you don't you don't ask me to be quiet or to hush. I I appreciate it. Well, I'm, I never ask. It's just it's a it's a demand every time. Tony, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for giving me your time. You've been wrestling eight years. I've been watching your work. You're uh, you're currently uh, what I would would call a fixture on OVW, right? Yeah. And 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 how's that going? So not everyone kind of knows, but I got hurt last June and it was the like it kept me out of the ring for the most part for about a month and a half, two months. And that was the best thing to happen to me in pro wrestling. Um, you know, like you'll hear people say it's not about the moves. It's it's what else you do with it, that kind of stuff. Uh, really getting forced to put a mic in my hand and not be able to do anything physical. That has been the best thing to happen to me. It's really raised my stock there. Al's challenge to me about this time last year was make it to where I can't not book you. And I, I took that personal and went with it. And here we are. I, I, I tell them all the time I'm stealing time because sometimes I'm just, I'm just out there talking. I'm not doing anything. So it's it's going great. Right. And, you know, when you talk about Ohio Valley wrestling, you know, of course, Netflix brought them, you know, back to the the, the center stage. Great promotion. Uh, great history. It was even finding myself uh, on the Fight Network dabbling in there about a year ago, watching some of that stuff. And then come to find out, you know, I saw the docuseries coming on Netflix. Of course, anything wrestling, I want to check it out. And um, I had no idea it was OVW until I I got into it, right? And um, was really taken back by the story, right? And what I really 
what really, I guess, impacted me about that docuseries is how difficult it is to run a wrestling promotion. I mean, it's like, you know, and people tell me all the time, hey, have you ever thought about doing that? Because I, I used to work for a uh, MMA promoter. And I did some matchmaking. And I did some marketing for him. And uh, I don't think I want to do that again. <laughs> you know, or any anything that that resembles that. So, you know, going back to what I brought up, and you know better than anybody else how difficult it is to run a business like that, right? Luckily, I'm not on that side of it. Um, you know, luckily I'm, I'm one of the circus monkeys, but you know, I've, I've seen countless promoters walking around just power walking cause they don't know what the hell's going on and you know, their head's about to twist off. So I, my hat's off to them. Um, you know, I'll be one of the pawns on the board, but I, I am not the puppet master. You know, and Al in that series, you know, I mean, with all the time and the experience that he has, it shows. Yeah. I mean, it, it really does. And, and you know, I just, I liked how it, I like how it was displayed. I liked, I thought it was in good taste. You know, it wasn't like, you know, of course, they're, they're kind of pulling the, the curtain back a little bit, right? But. Right. What I saw more of was that the inner workings of, of the business, like mm -hmm. what it takes to uh, keep this thing floating, right? And and not only do you got to, you know, pay the, the guys that are wrestling inside the ring, the guys and the gals wrestling, but, you know, you've got crew and you've got venues and you've got, right? I mean, yep. And and then you've got uh you've got uh other expenses that you haven't even thought about. Yeah, I honestly I didn't even know what all went into it until you know I started paying attention a few years ago. But even even watching the docuseries, like it's it's eye-opening and it's I, I didn't know how close we were to kind of folding up there. So uh it's it's definitely good to see where we are now versus where we were when the cameras were around or even before that it, it's night and day and and for for the listeners you know what is the contrast what what is the difference that you see you know let's let's let the listeners know you know before it was like this now it's like this before it was like this now it's like you know what are the differences you see tony well now we've got um new investors coming in um and they're, you know, sometimes you'll come in and you'll hear, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then you're like, all right, well, we'll believe them when we see it. They, they're backing it up. Uh, everything they promised, it's right there in front of us. The entire setup has changed. Um, the locker room has been renovated and it is beyond nice, better than anything I could have ever dreamt of there. Um, you know, renovations to the, to the setup, to the, you know, the, the equipment we use, cameras, lights, all of it, um, you know, it, it kind of feels like there's more healthy competition now. 
because we're all kind of fighting for that spot to get on TV. Um, but I mean, it's, it's an environment where everyone wants everyone to succeed and that's the way it feels. So, I, I mean, as long as we can hold on to that, I'm golden there. <laughs> Love I it. think, I think it's a good product. I, I think it's really, I think it's, it's, it's a good watch, man. And it really is. You know, and so I think it's a it's a blast to do and live out. Yeah, and you and you guys, what wrestle and, and film every Thursday? Yep, every Thursday, and then we'll have uh, I believe every other month we do a usually every other month we'll do a Saturday night special, and then the other months we'll do a bigger one on a Thursday night. Okay, but um, you know, I I look forward to driving up to Louisville every single Thursday. Uh, it's honestly the highlight of my week, kind of getting me through. You, you know, you got the the real job, and then that. So it's right. it's it's definitely a good release. Right. I was gonna. I wanted to ask you about the the I guess the seating area in the venue. Um, how many how many fans do you think that that venue holds on? You know, full full capacity. Uh, I know they've reworked some of the, the seating around so we can fit a few more. I believe the capacity is somewhere around between 450 and 500. Uh, but I mean, we've been, we've been packing it week after week, sorry, week after week. And it's, I mean, you can tell when you're out there, it's standing room only. Yeah. And, and I mean, four or 500 people, I mean, that's a, that's a good audience. And in a in a warehouse style studio, yeah. Yeah, that's that that's a good audience. And um and it's selling they're out. They're invested. So yeah. So wow. What what do you think the fans get from that experience? Um a little smaller venue, right? It's it, you're it's not your arena. It's not a it's not a stadium. Uh it's it's it, it, it has, uh, you know, it's it's a big company, right? I mean, it's you've got investors and stuff. It's OVW. It's a, but it has that independent feel, obviously, right? And a lot of independent companies, a lot of independent shows that I go to has that intimate feel, right? I mean, um, if you come to a show uh, down here, the chances are me and you are going to be rubbing elbows and, and chatting afterwards, right? Because that's just, that's right. independent wrestling, right? You're going to sell, probably sell some merch and I'm going to come up and, hey, Tony, man, great match. Hey, man, I've been watching you, da-da-da. You know, but you can't do that when you go to AEW or WWE. That's that's a rarity. Yeah, um, I mean, fans definitely get a closer sense of like an intimacy with, you know, the show itself, they they feel like it's more centered around them and what they're wanting. Um, you know, you get you get some of that interaction after. Um, I'm not usually one of the guys that hangs around after the show out there in the arena. You'll catch me sneaking around getting a beer or two. So, um, but, uh, you know, the fans, they can see themselves in the show they can pick themselves out in the crowd. And I think that's a huge aspect for them that people don't really think about, you know, and then they're, 
they're why we do what we do. So they're the driving force. If they're not there, the hell are we doing? Why am I bumping? You know? So like they're, if the house is packed, we're going to bust our ass. If the house isn't packed, we're going to bust our ass, but we're not going to feel as driven, you know? Right. So it, it's definitely motivating when they're there. Yeah. You, you, you got to work a little harder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, I've talked to guys before and they'll say, you know, um, the bumps hurt more when you're training as opposed that, you know, when there's a crowd in there because the adrenaline's, uh, you know, motivating, oh, yeah. right. It's fueling you and, you know, you don't feel the bumps so much until maybe later. Right. I'll take nothing away from it. This shit hurts, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, there, there's some there's some stuff you don't feel until after. I know it does. <laughs> metal metal is metal, concrete is concrete, and wood is wood. Yeah. <laughs> there's and there, I bumped on all three and it's awful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What you know, you've been wrestling what you, you said you hit your eight year mark in, in October. Uh you've you've wrestled a lot of talented people. Who are some of the wrestlers that that you've really enjoyed stepping in the ring with? If you could, you know, pick pick maybe the top three. I mean, I, it might be hard, but I mean, I because I, I I've seen your list and I know you've wrestled a lot of people. Who who is it that you like to step in the ring with? Well, we'll have to go back to kind of where I started. Um, I don't know if we were going to get there anyway, but. So I started with the World Wrestling Alliance, WWA, uh, based out of Central City, Kentucky. Um, they usually run Central City, Livermore, up in Evansville, Indiana, uh, a little bit down in Paducah. I think they've branched out into Eddyville, and they've come to here in Bowling Green a few times, um, in Owensboro, Kentucky. So that those are the, the usual ones. There's been a few here and there that aren't there, but... Um, so that one's run by Chris Waddell. Um, and then his brother, Ray Waddell, is the guy that was the most hands-on in training me for my my first few years developing and everything. Um, I'd say anytime I step in with Ray, you know, peel the curtain back a little bit. Sometimes we don't have to say a word. Uh, it's, it's, it's a night off, but it hurts. Uh, we're going to go in there and we're going to beat the hell out of each other. But, you know, we've got that trust. We know each other. We know each other's stuff. Um, so definitely Ray Waddell from WWA. Um, down in Alabama at New South and then uh, Alabama, Tennessee at Retinal. That's sort of a newer company in the last year. A guy named Kevin Ryan. Um, they They threw us in cold one night. And we went out and stole the show. First time we'd ever touched in a ring. Uh, I I got great chemistry with him immediately. Um, he He's definitely somebody that I can go in there and just feel it out with because we're going to we're going to bust our ass. We're going to take risks. We're going to trust each other. Um, if I had to pick a third. I, I don't know. It's hard. Uh, it's one of those things where you don't want to leave anybody out. You don't want people to think that you're not thinking of them because there's a lot. I would have to say 
my first roommate in college that I that I brought in to wrestle with me at WWA. Um, guy goes by the name of Stonewall. There, he's uh, he's probably six two or three. Uh, used to be up close to three hundred. I think he slimmed down to about two fifty or so now. I mean, for a bigger guy, he can move definitely move uh but he's not afraid to do some high risk stuff and you know go out there and just kill it you know i kind of i figured out now that you don't have to do that every time but we were doing that for a while all of us um but if i if i had to do a top three uh, i'm I'm settling on them because i could go back and forth and name eight other guys off the top of my head that i've had really good chemistry with but you know, if if I had to give a top three, not even necessarily in that order all the time, but it's it's them. Well, and I'm sure it's hard too because you don't want to leave anybody out. Like I said, I mean, you're you're wrestling talented people, so it, I, and mean, I mean, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a different match at you know WWA or New South or a Retinal than I'm gonna have at OVW. You know, we're we're live TV constraints there, and then. The other places, it's a little more lenient, a little more laxed, and it's just go out there and kill it. But you know, I've got a job to do at OVW, so yeah. that's that's been a that's been a transition working TV, right? But I'm I'm really starting to enjoy it, and I'm starting to take that to other places and show you know other people that that haven't seen it. Right. Well, I I saw uh, some New South wrestling, uh, some of your matches there. They they do you know there there was cameras there right and they, yeah. they stream uh, of course they stream and and then but yeah when you get over there to OVW you're definitely getting I mean that is a television production you, you know right. they're they're probably telling you you know this is where the camera is this is where you're walking to the ring this is where you enter i mean you you got your spots right and and you can pretty much guess that where you're going to be you're going to be in the right place right i mean even with wrestling it's very very structured there that's where um, I'm the 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 tv <laughs> style other places record and they they're on youtube they're on iwtv they're you know other places are online but it's not live tv constraints right so that that was my biggest adjustment i think right right but with that right with that you you become more marketable right yeah i i remember talking to uh uh just incredible and when he came from wwe or wwf don't really remember yeah probably WWF at the time, maybe WWE. However, he went to ECW and he was teaching the guys, a lot of the guys there, how to wrestle for television. And and he was saying, man, that experience I had, um, you know, in WWE was, was just a blessing, right? Because he could go to another place where there was TV and work and teach and, be an asset you know so if you have that in your in your cap that feather boy you can you can go anywhere because it it's a tv it's a tv driven industry don't don't, i mean wouldn't you agree 100 percent. i mean that's we all grew up watching that we didn't 
you know, for the most part, all of us didn't grow up watching independent wrestling because, I mean, hell, 20 years ago, you didn't really know what that was unless you were around it. Uh, I had, when I started, I had no idea that wrestling was going to be as common as what I saw. Like, I, I was just thinking, you know, here, I'm going to get my foot in here and then, you know, how do I get the next step up? I didn't know that it was going to be, oh, there's a promotion here. There's a promotion here. Like, you know, there, when I started, there were probably close to 15 to 20 in Kentucky and I'm probably still lowball. Uh, granted a lot of, a lot of them kind of died out with, you know, COVID happening and then just general disinterest in some of them. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really a lot broader than anything you would have ever think thought of. Oh yeah. I, well, I, I can't believe there is as much wrestling, uh, you know, the accessibility of, of watching wrestling is, is just, it's incredible. And I can't, I can't consume it all. Right. I, you know, I dabble here and dabble here and people are asking me about these storylines and say, I don't know much about that, but I can tell you about this. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out, but I'm still getting my wrestling fix. Right. You know, it's like, so it's, it, it, it it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of wrestling. Thank God. Right. But the market, the market's definitely, I'll say oversaturated, but uh, it gives guys like me that, you know, having gotten that opportunity up top, it gives us a chance to kind of show what we are, who we are and what we're worth, you know? Yeah. it It's definitely good for the fan. I mean, but does that oversaturation, do you think it, who does it affect in the industry? Does it affect the promoter? Does it affect the wrestler? I mean, uh, all of the above. Because uh, if it affects the wrestler, the wrestler's not going to be able to do their work. It affects the promoter because they they can only book so many wrestlers. You know, you're not going to have 15 battle royals on a show. And if you do, you're an idiot. But like you, you've got to have a set number of matches that's not going to get the fans just bored after a while or feel like they're going to be sitting there for too long. Uh, you've got to have the right amount, like a smaller number. And then, you know, you can only do so many like three and four man matches, five and six, whatever. Like you got to have a few singles in there. So if, if there's a bunch of guys trying to get booked, like you can't, you can't just book around scrambles. So somebody's losing out somewhere. Right. Right. And, and if you, if you notice these, these big, uh, the big WWE shows, they're, you know, multi, multi-man matches. Right. And mm -hmm. even, even when they come to, I've seen a couple of their, um, when they do the house shows here in my, in my city, I've gone uh, once or twice and, you know, they might have one, maybe two single matches. Right. But, they're all multi-man, you know, eight-man tag team, you know, six-man tag team, uh, tag team titles, you know, or whatever, tag team belts and uh, battle royal or three-way. Or I mean, at, to me, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. They've got all these top talented names and they're trying to squeeze them all in there. And it's, I mean, when the heck am I ever going to see, you know, 
Bobby Roode and Charlotte on the same card, right? I mean, right. especially where I live, it ain't happening. But in a case like that, where they bring all these top stars, I mean, I was pretty impressed with with the the talent that they had. But the match just got a little. I, I found myself walking out in the in the uh, you know like the hallway watching a a playoff football game. <laughs> You know, and I would never, uh, I would, I would usually probably never do that. Right. But I got right. to the point where I was like, man, I've kind of had my fill of all these multi man matches, you know? So I, yeah, I, I can, I can see, I can see that. Now, when you guys have your Thursday night shows, how many matches do you think you guys, what is that? So Six? we, we record, we record two hours. And there's usually probably four to six matches per hour, uh, depending on how long the matches are and how many, you know, just segments that we have. But, I mean, for that short of a time period, like, you got to let the guys do something in the ring, but then you've got to get across what you're trying to get across in your story. So, yeah, right. there's, there's definitely a balance. Well, you've got some, you've got some in the show, you've got some interviews or you've got some, you know, maybe guest appearances or, you know, right. Little, little commentary time, you know, you, you put the camera on the three guys at the table or, you know what I mean? So yeah, you, you the but, but it's a two hour show, but it's right. It's like clockwork, right? Oh, it's, yeah. It's one thing after another, like it, it doesn't stop. And how's how's Al? You know, is he pretty much the way he was in the documentary? I mean, he's like he's exactly what he was in the documentary. Yeah, Al cares about everybody that's there. If he if he didn't care about you, you wouldn't be there. Um, but he he really takes the time to go to everyone and explain. Uh, he can't get everyone every show, but if you if you go ask him about something, he'll dive in and he'll explain every aspect of it why you're doing it, like what you're trying to get across, how it should be done. Like he'll, he'll dive in. And that's something I really like enjoy there is just being able to go in and be under that tree. And then uh, Al and the other agents that'll really take the time to dig into things and really go through a match and what they're wanting. So, it, I mean, it's, he's, he's a dad to all of us there. So. Yeah. What What do you think his, you know, maybe his biggest strength is, you know, I, I know he's very talented. He's been around the business for a long, long time. Uh, but if you could, you could say, you know what, Al does this really, really well. What, what is it? Uh, I think it's his vision, you know, having, having the mind for the way these things are supposed to work out or where he's wanting to go for things. You know, I've, I've already got my job, so I'm not just trying to inflate his ego, but he, uh, He's definitely somebody that's, from what I've seen when I've been around, paid the most attention to the smallest little details, and he'll really he'll really drive those home. And you know, I'll sit back in gorilla sometimes and I'll watch him. And if if it's something he really likes, he's he's pumped for it. If it's something that's not done right, oh, he's pissed. He's on fire, and he's just yelling and like, you know, hammering down on stuff. Like he he gets invested. He cares so. Uh, and he'll explain to people why they messed up or he'll 
he'll always do the, you know, good job, kid. You know, he'll, you'll get all you'll get all of those. So uh, it's it's definitely just his mind. Now, OBW, they 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 record on Thursday, but are they doing house shows in that area of Kentucky? Are they going out in Ohio or what are they doing? So we we've had tours. Uh, I think we've got some stuff coming up last summer. We did a summer tour all around Kentucky, uh, mostly like fairs. And then there was one I was at at a dealer or a car dealership parking lot. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to get out there. I know we're trying to expand a little bit more this year. Um, I don't know very many details about that yet, but I think it'll be coming out soon, but yeah, we're, we're trying to grow the product. We're trying to grow the audience and then definitely just increase the bandwidth there. All right. All right. If, if fans wanted to watch any of your work, where, where could they find some of your matches and, uh, if they wanted to follow you on social media, how they do that? Uh, we'll start with social media. So um, Twitter and Instagram, uh, T underscore superior nine four. Um, Facebook, Tony Evans, Frank. Um, finding my stuff. Uh, I don't really have my own YouTube channel or anything. Uh, I don't really cut up my matches and put them there. IWTV, if you search through any of the older New South stuff, um, there's retinal shows that are on there. I've been on a few of those. WWA World Wrestling Alliance uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I think it's WWA is now um, all over backdated of that, but they've got a good current product out too. And then just Fight TV for OVW. Uh, pick a week. I'm there. That's right. That's right. That's where I've been watching you. Tony, favorite wrestler of all time. Oh, without a doubt, Steve Austin. That's why I got in the business. I get the comparisons, the parallels all the time. Um, it's an inspiration, but I'm trying to be me. So. All right. Well, Tony, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much. We'll have to do it Appreciate again. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, the, the Pro, Pro Wrestling Fault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained Carl Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harrison, Jillian Hall. Plus 45 other short stories, including Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Kamala, Thunder Rosa, Mario Mancini, Scott Casey, PJ Black, Carrie Morton, Sal Renaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Colby Carino, Bam Bam Malone, and many others. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives.